to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. This is one of the most exciting interviews that I've had the opportunity to do on the show so far. Uh, You know, if you've been listening for any time at all, you've heard me at various times talk about EOS, or you've heard me talk about the book Traction. And uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the EOS process, uh, which is short for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, but the EOS process, I believe, is the single most effective way to grow and scale your business in a healthy way. And I've seen it work over and over with businesses when done properly. Um, The impact that it has on the employees of the company, of the leadership team within a company, the impact that it has on the owner of the company is really just amazing. And I've seen it work over and over again. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I really just truly believe that it is one of the greatest systems out there. That being said, today we have on the show... Mike Payton, who is the visionary for EOS Worldwide. Um, and, and he has spent most of his life learning from entrepreneurs. And now he's been able to shift that and spend his time giving back. Uh, he's an author. He's an award-winning speaker. He is, of course, a certified EOS implementer. Uh, and he's the visionary of EOS Worldwide. And specifically, what what he's able to do is help entrepreneurs clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. They do this by mastering some simple concepts with some practical tools, and he's going to share a lot of that information with us today. I cannot be more excited to share this with you. As always, if you have any questions, uh, any comments, any information you'd like to have, please feel free to reach out to us. You can do that at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and I truly think you are going to love this week's episode. Thanks so much. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the show, and I could not be more excited. Uh, you know, oftentimes on the show, you've heard us talk about EOS, or you know, we'll talk about the book Traction um, as one that we recommend and want people to check out and work through this uh, this EOS program, especially as you're looking to grow and to scale and to build stronger processes, stronger teams, uh, and so. Uh, you know, we talk about it so much, we decided uh, let's go straight to the experts. And so we actually have Peyton on with us, who uh, is the chief visionary for EOS and uh, the EOS model. So um, Peyton, thank you so much for joining us. And as we as we dive in, before we kind of dive too much into EOS, why don't you tell us what your journey has looked like? What has your career looked like and what's led to where you are now? Yeah, thank you, Kyle. It's a great honor to be here and I appreciate your passion for what we do. Um, You know, I uh, graduated from college with an uh, English degree, not the most traditional uh, background for a business major. And I I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. My parents were entrepreneurs. My grandparents were teachers. Hmm. And so after about 10 years in banking out of college, uh, I always knew that 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 wasn't my end game, that I was put on the planet to own or run or lead entrepreneurial companies. So I had four experiences running or helping run an entrepreneurial company and mm-hmm. two were great successes and and two quite frankly were train wrecks and <laughs> uh, 
And I'm, I'm more grateful for the train wrecks than I am the great success because that's how you learn who you are and learn to get better and own your mistakes. And, yeah. um, and so the, the fourth of those experiences was a opportunity to run a little market research firm here in uh, uh, the twin cities mm-hmm. up in Minnesota. And, uh, and it, it was a, it was a disaster. Three days in, I knew I had made a very uh, difficult um, mistake mm-hmm. and my family was at risk and I was at risk and I spent a year trying to figure out how to turn it into something positive. And in the zeal to fix it, I discovered EOS and fell in love with EOS and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. And so along those lines, EOS has had a kind of a unique history in of itself. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight into uh, how this was developed and then what ultimately led to where EOS is now? Yeah, so EOS was created by a lifelong entrepreneur, my friend and business partner, Gino Wickman, the author of the book Traction. Yeah. And, um, you know, what Gino sought to create was a simple, timeless, practical set of tools mm-hmm. that would help entrepreneurs and their leadership teams solve the common problems and overcome the cho- common obstacles facing entrepreneurial companies. And he saw entrepreneurial companies as materially different than the companies for whom all the popular business thought leadership that was out in the marketplace had been written at that time. And that's one right. of the things that drove him is, you know, running an entrepreneurial company is way different than running a big corporation where you have teams of people coming to you with, with research papers <laughs> and they just need you to make it, you know, in an entrepreneurial company, you're picking up cigarette butts outside the front door, you're shopping, you're sweeping the shop floor, you're talking to angry uh, uh, clients or customers, mm-hmm. um, you're doing the books and you've got to somehow find a way to lead, manage, make strategic decisions, et cetera. And so that's what EOS is. It, it's a, a system and a set of simple tools that help entrepreneurs get more of what they want from their businesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, as we as we touch on that a little bit, this, um, this EOS model, uh, one of the things that I find really interesting about it is uh, when I was originally introduced to this, um, I was introduced to the book Traction and an avid reader, someone said, hey, have you checked this out? I said, no. And they start going through and they start talking about a lot of the concepts that are in it. And I'm pointing to, you know, as they're just explaining this to me over the phone, I actually still remember um, sitting in my truck in my driveway talking to them about this. And and they're talking to these things. And I was like, well, yeah, that that's a, you know, that's a Rockefeller thing. That's a good to great thing. And that's a win friends influence. And I'm going through all these and I'm like, well, I've read all of those books. I don't, why do I need to read this synopsis of all of these other books? And he said, I just trust me, you need to check this one out. And so I did and immediately fell in love um, because one of the things that I want people to understand is so unique about this is it's not concept, it's design. It It's the process. It's actually, um, you know, sort of walks you through. And I think that's one of the things that is oftentimes a gap to your point, kind of an entrepreneurial model, uh, business model compared to a, a corporate business model is that, as an entrepreneur, we have to figure out how to actually implement and execute on these concepts. Right. And, and so many times we feel like we're reinventing the wheel and, and the EOS model is sort of said, here's the process. Here's how you do it step by step. Yeah. Uh, I, that is exactly what attracted me in that, in that, you know, I'm a voracious reader. Gino Wickman is a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. We, we start every client engagement by making sure our clients know 
what great business thought leaders Gino drew most heavily from to, mm-hmm. um, you know, support what he was trying to build. And there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, only exists in EOS stuff in the mix, but a lot of the concepts, you know, clear 90 day business priorities is a, is a concept created by Stephen Covey and, mm-hmm. and popularized by Vern Harnish, as you say. Um, you know, th- there is nothing new here, but there's also no theory, no abstract concepts, right. no unattainable visual t- stimulus that isn't practical. It's all real world practical stuff proven to work in entrepreneurial companies. Mm-hmm. And there is a bit of a step-by-step paint-by-numbers prescription mm-hmm. for how to understand what we're talking about with EOS work with your leadership team to begin implementing these simple practical tools and see them take hold in your organization. The stickiness is what's profound about EOS, the ability for it to change mindsets and behaviors, starting at the very top of an organization and migrating into that organization. So everybody's on the same page with the vision. Everybody's executing with discipline and accountability and everybody's working together as a more healthy, cohesive team, that ability to really transform the way a business works is, in my opinion, very unique to the kind of work we're doing. Mm -hmm. And and all of those things that you just mentioned are sort of the dream that everyone has when they set out to build this business is that, you know, we're going to have these amazing processes. We're going to have this cohesive team. We're going to do all these things. That's the dream. And yet rarely do people actually see that through. And, And part of it is because even within the model, there are certain areas that we naturally are going to be more skilled as individuals. And so, you know, this part, this, this function may be easy, but this function may be more challenging. So right. let's talk about that for a second. So the, the model in of itself, um, kind of the, the seven, the seven pieces that go into the EOS model. Can you give us uh, just a, a brief overview of what that is and how it all works together? And, I, and I'll start by saying this stemmed from a discovery Gino made in the early days of, of working with his clients and, and coming to an understanding about what those common challenges mm-hmm. uh, were. And what he found was whatever his clients were complaining about or didn't like about their business or their life, mm-hmm. those things tended to fall into what we now call the six key components of any business. And we believe right. that a great business is just better at these six things than than a not great business, than right. an average business where there's a lot of frustration and and you know lack of efficiency and productivity, et cetera. Yeah. And so those six things are vision, uh, which means getting you all 100% on the same page with where you're going and how you plan to get there. People, mm-hmm. uh, ensuring that you have great people everywhere in your organization who both fit your culture and are great at doing their jobs every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, data, running the business on real information, on objective facts and figures rather than feelings, egos, emotions, right. vague sensations of greatness and despair that <laughs> so often drive the way we make decisions in entrepreneurial mm-hmm. companies. And uh, we find that when you're strong in those three components, what happens is the organization becomes a lot more transparent. And as a result, you become painfully aware of your issues. So that's the right. fourth key component, the um, ability to recognize issues as they arise, call them out, get them on a list, prioritize them, make them go away forever. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the issues component, issue-solving ability. The process component is the ability, without killing the entrepreneurial spirit of your business or the, right. the desire to be nimble and flexible, 
but to ensure that the basics are done well every time. The most important handful of things that need to happen in your business for it to retain its character and and deliver its secret sauce to the world, we got to get those handful of things done the right and best way every time. That's the process component. And then the six key component is traction. It's pictured at the bottom of the EOS model, which you can see over my shoulder here. But yeah. Um, but it's at the bottom because the traction component is about bringing the vision from the top of the model down to the ground and executing on it. And you know, I can't tell you how many uh, uh, founding entrepreneurs have told me, hey, Peyton, the vision's crystal clear in my head. I just can't understand why none of the rest of my people get it or want it or are right. working hard to achieve it the way I want. And the fact of the matter is, if you can't bring a vision down to the ground, however clear it feels in your own head, yeah. and execute on it is actually more frustrating than, than not having a vision at all. Right. Uh, and yes. that explains the great frustration of, of most entrepreneurs. So that's the model at a high level and the kind of work we're doing with the leadership teams when we're engaging. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that I want to point out to people just to, you know, again, just to understand if they aren't that familiar with, uh, with the EOS model is that, you know, as you sit and you hear these things, it can sound rather daunting because you think, gosh, six thing. I got, you know, I can barely, um, you know, remember to get my bills paid on time in the business or, or when taxes are due, you know, with all these things that we have going on. Um, so it can seem daunting, but again, the thing that I want to reiterate is, the, th these are step-by-step -step processes that that you're able to walk through within this model. So you don't have to try to, you don't have to be an expert in all of these areas. You, you just follow the process and, and lean into the process and let the process do its job. Um, and if and if you do that, then, then you'll start to see the results on the back end of that. As long as you're intentional about it, you stick with it. Yep. You got it. Well said. Uh, so uh, as, as I kind of talk through that, as you know, we talk about the process, um, you know, you've got the model and it, and it kind of rolls through these things and there's some bullet points that kind of run into each of these six areas. Um, but then there's a process to actually start implementing. One of the things that I want to hit on very clearly, because I think it's one of the most, uh, impactful, at least as I've experienced in coaching and talking to, um, uh, other entrepreneurs is this idea of sort of the separation in this leadership role, um, two mindsets, two personalities that run an organization. You have an integrator and you have a visionary. Um, so uh, talk to us about what those two roles look like and why they're so important to the success of an organization. Yeah. So, um, you know, this again stems from a discovery Gino made in his own businesses, uh, in his family business. Um, his father was a visionary, a builder of something that doesn't exist is the yeah. simplest way to describe, mm -hmm. you know, a visionary founding entrepreneur. That, that's what entrepreneurship is. Right. We picture an opportunity. We start uh, filling that gap. Nature abhors a vacuum. And the next thing you know, we've got 30 people on the payroll or we're signing 30 paychecks. And we look around and go, wait a minute, I have to be good at a whole different set of things right. to run an organization with 30 people on it, in it than I was at taking it from zero employees mm -hmm. to 30 employees. Yeah. And so in studying that dynamic of, of how difficult it can be for visionary entrepreneurs to transition into a job where their most important uh, deliverable is keeping the trains running on time, driving efficiency and productivity, you know, managing people who need to be managed. One of the greatest visionary quotations that I hear over and over and over 
And it makes me chuckle every time is, oh, Peyton, I'm great at managing people who don't need to be managed. <laughs> no, I'm great at dunking basketballs when the rim is only six feet off the ground, but that's not <laughs> a right. thing either, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so um, recognizing that what the innate genetic encoding of a visionary entrepreneur is mm -hmm. and what an organization that's got 10 or 30 or 50 or 100 or 200 employees really needs from the driver of the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. is where the idea of a visionary, somebody who's constantly bringing ideas to the table, asking, why not? Why can't we do that? Right. What's next? Let's go disrupt something. How are we feeling? And if we're not feeling right, let's figure out why we're feeling that way and go fix that. That's what visionaries do. Yeah. What integrators do is they they drive accountability for executing on the business plan. They they're focused on hitting numbers. They're great leaders and managers, and they're totally comfortable having tough conversations when it's going to help the organization, help a leader develop into a better leader and manager themselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so mm -hmm. that's that concept, and it's one of my favorites too because I, um, you know, I'm an accountable visionary, mm -hmm. but I'd rather be a visionary with a business partner that drives accountability on my leadership right. team and holds me accountable. You know, yeah. it's nice to have somebody you trust and admire holding you accountable. You're a better leader uh, when that's happening. So hopefully yeah. that explains it for your listener. No, it does. It does very well. And generally what, what you're going to find is, and I think the people listening to this will understand, as you just described it, they're going to put themselves in one of those two scenarios. They're going to recognize where they are. Um, I know I'm a visionary, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it was amazing. The first time I read, uh, the book traction, just how quickly I resonate. I mean, it was like, this is a mirror. They're describing me here. And generally speaking, if you, even if you just check out that one section, you're going to see this describes you. So here's my question for you, Peyton. If, if someone is listening to this and they say, oh, well, I'm an integrator. I'm definitely not a visionary. What is the risk that they have in their business by not having that visionary and trying to lead the organization only as an integrator? Um, so, you know, first of all, I direct anybody who wants to dive deeply into this subject to the book Rocket Fuel, which mm -hmm. is one of the five books in the Traction Library. And it is specifically written by Gino and my longtime friend, Mark Winters, mm -hmm. about the Visionary Integrator Partnership. And you're going to get a much more con contextual answer than yeah. what I'm about to give you. But um, there are lots of successful organizations run by an integrator with no visionary. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think the likelihood that you're going to be wildly successful in growing the business aggressively is lower. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we see is there's a correlation between the number of organizations being run without a visionary in slower growth, slower change organizations. If you happen to run a technology company and you don't have a visionary or somebody on your leadership team accountable for doing all the things a visionary would do, whether they're in a seat called visionary or they're in a seat called R and D or right. they're your marketing lead or sales leader, somebody who's focused on industry trends, your CTO, whatever it is, mm -hmm. that scares me. If yeah. you're running a, 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 a business that whose core business hasn't changed in a hundred years, mm -hmm. you're going to be wildly successful. So that's kind of the analysis I would do is, yeah. How much vision do we need to run a successful business and 
and achieve our vision for what the future holds. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is there's a lot of great businesses out there whose attitude is, hey, we're doing $8 million a year in revenue. We're dropping plenty of money to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. We don't need to grow one lick other than maybe making things a little more efficient, a little more productive. Right. Maybe we should have a little more fun, be a little less scared, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, your listeners will decide what they need, but if they need a visionary or vision in their organization, they're not getting it. That's where I get concerned. Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, you know, there are a lot of companies that have a visionary. And a lot of times, a lot of times your your traditional entrepreneur kind of fits into that visionary role. And uh and one of the challenges there is that um, you know, as someone likes to remind me quite often, is that I end up running down rabbit holes. You know, instead of being able to kind of stay focused in in the core functions of the business and make sure we're operating well and we're operating efficiently and effectively, it's like all these new ideas and all these um, setting a new trend or you know stepping outside the box. And so we end up as visionaries with a lot of ideas, and it can exhaust the people around us because we're never staying focused on driving the results that we've set out last week, last month, last year, because there's always something new. We've got a new great grand scheme or plan that we think is going to revolutionize everything we've ever done. Right. You you know, it's building a a beautiful new house on um, questionable soil, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have a place to sink your uh, footers in and build a strong foundation, Mm -hmm. no matter how cool the house you just designed is, it's going to collapse. Yeah. And so that's, that's, you know, what I would say to the visionaries, there's a, there's a couple of common challenges. So number one, because visionaries are always bringing new ideas, it's quite likely that your leadership team is getting overwhelmed or a little whipsawed mm-hmm. by nothing really having the opportunity to flourish before you're moving on to something next. So, you know, right. flavor of the month is a very common thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is visionaries tend to lose their passion and enthusiasm for the business when they're sucked into the day-to-day right. regularly. So my my uh, observation is that when a visionary recognizes he or she is a visionary and says, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this keeping the trains running on time stuff uh, quite as much as I've been doing for the last couple of years, A, they thrive because they're freed up to be their visionary selves Right. And they're able to add a lot more value to the business in that role. Mm-hmm. And their leadership team thrives because they're reporting to and getting the buffering from an integrator who helps the visionary temper all those ideas and picks the one, two, or three things we're going to focus on this quarter right. that'll take our business to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit on something there that uh, that I also want to point out to those that that may not be familiar with it is... Uh, no one is expecting you to sit down this week, solve these six key areas, um, and then change your business and everything's going to run well. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, what we're focused on this quarter, that this is a process and, um, and in the model, the model defines uh, when and how frequently and how those meetings and discussions go to work your way through this process um, strategically. 
and and we have to be patient as we do that. But I just want people to understand uh, again that it can sound daunting when you say we're going to take these six key areas of your business and we're going to um, you know we're going to put some structure around them and then things are going to run well. This is this is a program I and mean, it's a process that you're going to have to go through. And so there are certain things we are going to focus on now, and we have to be very careful. And really, with the visionary, especially, have to be very careful not to try to jump forward. Um, but to stay focused on on what we're here to do and accomplishing the things this quarter, this month, this week to ultimately get us to where we need to be in three years, ten years. Um, and so I, I really want to I want to make sure people understand there's a process behind all of that. Yeah, and and, and I and I can speak to that in a little more detail. Whether you read the books and download the free tools or sign up for our online resource center and learn how to self implement EOS on what we call Basecamp, or you. Hire somebody like me or the 350 other professional EOS implementers around the world to help you. Mm -hmm. What we're going to ask you to do is just take one step at a time. It's a crawl, walk, run process where we're teaching you how to implement a set of simple practical tools Mm -hmm. and master them before we're layering on a lot of additional complexity. And yet, you start picking up value real quickly. And on average, when you're working with a professional EOS implementer, you spend about 10 days in a session room with one of us. And I'm sitting in my session room right now. It's just a conference table with a lot of whiteboard space <laughs> around it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you spend 10 days, 10 full days with us over the course of about two years. And most of my clients in that two years have fully implemented all the tools. They're 80% stronger, better in the six key components and they feel like EOS is their own system for running their business. Do they still have issues crop up every quarter? Heck yes. Do they still struggle with things from time to time? You bet. Do I still get a call every once in a while saying, hey, Peyton, I got a vexing issue. I can't figure out how, could you meet me at the bar? I'm buying, you know, (laughs) the answer to that question is always yes. That's right. Uh, That's right. But but that's EOS implementation. Again, it's simple, practical, and manageable. It's not some massive undertaking. And I appreciate you underscoring that uh, regularly. As we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. And, and there was another, there was something else you said in there that, that I think is really good for people to hear and understand. Um, you know, the way I sometimes equate this is, you know, there's certain, uh, you know, in the medical profession, there's certain doctors you go to. And once you go, you're, you're kind of stuck. Like you're going to keep going, you know, every month or, or whatever, uh, uh, forever. And then there are others you go to um, that are going to try to get you back on track and then set you free. And that's really more of the EOS model. Um, you know, you made that comment that, that really the goal is that whenever you're working with a, a, a professional implementer of this program, it's about a two-year process. They're going to walk you through. They're going to facilitate. They're going to lead these. They're going to get you there with the goal to say, at the end of that two years, you should be running um, You should be running this program on your own. You now understand how to do it, and you're sort of set free to go do this. So it's not like it's not like EOS is designed to hook you in and say, "Okay, now you're a client of ours forever, and you can never leave, or this isn't going to work anymore." Um, It really is designed to teach you. Yeah, and and the way we talk about it inside the community of professional EOS implementers is we're trying to foster independence, right? We we the last thing we we want is to dig our way deeper into an organization. We want to give the leadership team, the tools we've got and the mm-hmm. context behind the tools and let them be masters of their own domain. And then they're happy, I'm happy, and I'm on to serve another client. And, right. and that's exciting and fun. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Peyton, thank you so much. Uh, I, I just, uh, this is great information and I think I could talk about this stuff all day because I've, I've seen the impact it can have on a business. I've seen, and, and, and whenever I talk about a business, there's people, you know, it's the way that this impacts people. It's the way that it impacts um, a business leader, a business owner. It's the way that it impacts the employees and the staff and the ripple effect that that has. And so it's not just simply about uh, driving numbers to the bottom line of a business. It's the impact that it has on the people by being intentional about how we're growing and scaling our business. And, um, so I just, I appreciate everything that you all do in helping lead those efforts and helping businesses through that. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I'll just, I'll just pile on there because uh, Gino loves to tell a funny story that when he was starting to leverage what he had built on his own and, and begun sharing it around the world, he hired a market research firm to do a focus group and interview his you know, seven most trusted advisor clients, right? The people that he thought would give open and honest feedback. And, and, he, and, and he walked them, the, the focus group manager walked them through a series of questions. And what he was hoping to hear was, oh, I grew my business 73% and my profit yeah. increased a million percent, blah, blah, yeah. blah, all this data. And what every one of the seven leading advisors that were involved in this thing said to this focus group, my life is better. And Gino's reaction was, my life is better. How the heck can I sell that? Yeah, how do I sell that? You know, yeah. That's not quantifiable, but it yeah. is about the people for all of us. And, and, you know, I, I, the, the, the number of emails and phone calls I get from, from owners, leadership team members and their spouses is just mm -hmm. exponential. And it's so fun. And, yeah. You know, we're trying to make a huge difference in the world, one entrepreneurial company at a time. And it's a great joy and pleasure to be able to do that. Yeah, that's great. Peyton, thank you so much. Um, before we head out, how can we learn more about uh, EOS, about the books, about the resources that are out there? Yeah, one of our core values is help first. And so we really put it all out there. And the best resource center for finding everything you want to learn more about is at www.eosworldwide.com. Mm -hmm. The books, access to implementers, free videos, teaching, it's all there. And your uh, listeners are also welcome to reach out directly to me. I know you'll have that information in the mm -hmm. show notes. Happy to help anybody I can. Yeah, great. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again, appreciate everything that you all are doing. And I appreciate you being willing to take the time to come on and, and share with our audience uh, the amazing things that this program can do for them and for their business. Thank you. My pleasure, Kyle. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.